0: Ka whati te tai, ka pao te tōria. E ngā parikā rangaranga o te motu, mai hoki mai ki te hōtaka nei o Te Ahika. Ko Justin tenei, welcome to Te Ahika.
1: I think this whole treaty settlement process is about settling the grievance, the naui that a lot of our people carry. We um, just trying to um, think, Joe Williams talks about the... You know, the the trauma that you carry um, with you, and I see it all. The ecology um, business it's, it's actually got quite a range of responses. It's part of the formula that the Brown and through in the process.
0: That's Bill Hamilton, who heads the Ahika division of the Human Rights Commission based in Mountain. We'll hear from Bill later on about World Indigenous Day. Now, this year's theme for World Indigenous Day is language and how a culture can retain its own thrill. Speaking of te reo, let's check out our segment Nakupu Ho. Last week we learnt some words from the Olympic Games and we'll continue our list here with more sports events. Equestrian is tai hoi Hoiho, Giri Up. Badminton is Pukura. Now these next few kupu contain the word Poi, which means ball, as in squash, which is Poi Patsu. Volleyball. Now it can be on the courts or at the beach, that's poirewa. So far not a great performance by the New Zealand team at this sport, it's soccer, which is poi kiri. Judo, which we haven't seen much of, is rutsuritsu, kweranga kupuho
2: wā. It
0: was all about enthusiasm and participation at last weekend's Kapahaka Regional Competition. I was backstage catching up with all the groups and we'll check out that action later on in the programme. But first, when collaborating on music together, you need to be cohesive, share a vision, and understand what each band member brings to the table. In the trio Tahu, those members are Mike Hogan, Alastair Fraser, and Hinari Wormsley. Mariah Rakuraku talked to them about the magic behind the music, and mixing the didgeridoo with the taonga pūrō.
3: Uh, kia ora tātou, tēnā tātou te whanau uh, o te irirangi, o te, te ahikā, nō reira tēnā koutou, e mihi kau a uh, ki nga, nga tai o te te moana anui a kiwa, nō reira tēnā koutou. Uh, Kei te tū au uh, ki te kōrero e pāna ki te uh, taonga poro, uh, he taonga poro, he taonga tūko mai inga tūpuna, uh, mai inga rangatira kato. Uh, o te o te te uh, ao maori rei ko tekatato ah uh, ko henari wi woms ta, uh, 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 mai i tangorero uh, ki makatu te wakatawi o tearwa a uh, uh, tamate ka e te tangata uh, na te turangi o um na te rangi o ku iwi um koira e na rohhe o Kia ora,
4: I'm Mike Hogan, currently living in Island Bay. Um, I was brought up down in the South Island and various different places, Nelson Marlborough area. I've been performing and and working as a musician for quite a number of years now, and and I'm um, currently studying. Uh, composition up at at um, Victoria University or the New Zealand School of Music.
5: Uh, kia ora tato, call Um I'm from Dunedin and I live in Wellington. Uh, I am a maker and player of Taonga Pūru and a musician. Also play guitar and bass and a few other bits and pieces. I've been making and playing Taonga Pūru now for about eight years. I sort of am still learning all the ins and outs of. Making the instruments
6: now, Tahu. The actual name means to. I'm just going to do the sound effect. It's like tsh, it's like to set light, eh?
5: Mm. Right, And
6: and and is that what you're endeavouring to do with the music that you're creating at uh, the moment?
3: Uh, yeah, um, our waiata is there to um, uplift the spirit of people to te te um to ignite the uh the modi within the person um and the 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 songs they bring out the the corduro um of our ancestors and that and uh, that's so we the the instruments are there to lift up the spirit to ignite the the mauri and um and also the raku raku there the guitar is there to um carry the Carry the melodies and the harmonies along. It's like the the way in the the hour, the 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 flowing, uh, the flowing river. Um, so it's a very uh, much a very living, spiritual and a, a sort of a Modi uh, type of uh, music that we we play.
6: How does that happen? There's no way in my imagination <laughs> that I would have ever thought that the blending of a didgeridoo. Mm-hmm. A classical guitar and Tonga pool, or there's no way I'd ever imagine no. that that could fly, you know. And it does. Does mm.
4: it does. Mm, it does. Um, How yeah. does it happen? Yeah, a lot of lot of people ask that question um, because it does seem sort of incongruous that they that they work together, but they they do. It's difficult to explain in that sense, but really, I think the sounds of them are so fundamental. Um, and even the guitar it, that um, that they do relate.
3: Yeah, I guess those uh, the sounds are actually uh, very fundamental. They come from Papatunuku, from the the environment around us, like the clicking of the stones and the bird calls, and that, and the, and it it helps to enliven the the piece. So, um, as long as you've got a chord or behind it, or you you can feel the mood of the moment, um, the song is genuine. It's it's rich. It's got layers and textures. Um, that sort of colour and, um, you know, um, and it's it's quite a beautiful uh, way of mixing music.
6: You've been playing together since February 2007. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, part of that mm-hmm. is also being able to read each other to a, eh, in terms of body language. I mean, like, anyone can tell you that who's ever been in a band. You get to know mm-hmm. each other's nuances mm-hmm. and yeah, things yeah. like that.
5: Yeah. I think... Um, Because we have been playing together for a while, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, like there's a lot of listening happening, Um, yeah, and a lot of you know body language reading and just all those nuances that happen when you're playing any sort of music, especially music that's partially improvised. Like some of the stuff we're doing, we're doing on the fly as well. So um, whenever you're doing that sort of music, um, your senses get heightened. and especially with Taungapuru. Right,
6: and that's because you know your instruments intimately, mm. you mm, know right. what's going to work with the sound. That's
3: right. Mm-hmm. We've um, all got interesting backgrounds, and um, um, myself, I come from uh, a little Māori village in Whakarewera in Rotorua. All the tikanga that I've been taught, and all the, the more teta that I've been taught, it's sort of finally come to fruition. And, and, and when you hear the sounds of uh, Taungapuru and the Raku Raku playing together, you know, it, you know that. Um, these are this is the kōrero from your your ancestors and that and and it feels right it feels appropriate when, when you're, when you're singing and um um and playing your Taonga Poro and much mm-hmm. the same as these guys here you know they've got jazz background they've got <laughs> all sorts of <laughs> wonderful things yeah
4: um and I think too when you look at the at the history of the guitar for example as well that, that originated in Africa as a a gourd with a, a piece of string attached oh. to it and a, and mm. a stick and it eventually evolved into what it is now but it still does come from that sort of background and so they do they do mix mm.
5: um sometimes worth poodle I've had the you know i like talking about the senses getting heightened um if you play them in nature I've played them before with a couple of different friends and we're just going out for a bush walk and played them and, and a couple of friends have have commented that you can hear everything better when you've stopped playing you play your koao and you stop and you can hear the birds and the mm. crickets chirping a bit better so I think it draws your ear into the sound definitely
3: right. and I think too um, you know I'll be playing the instrument the didgeridoo we, we share a lot in common with them our indigenous uh, whānau in Australia they've got an affiliation with the environment the the sky, f- sky father, earth mother, uh, and the four, uh 40,000 years old, just about, and you can hear the heartbeat of Papa when you when you hear the um, that you can hear the heartbeat of uh, uh, of Māori down through the pukayas and the the trumpets and the pūtātara's, um, so they're all very much uh, natural sounds natural sounds of the, uh, first of all, the papatūnuku, natural sounds of tani mahuta through the manu, uh, karanga manu and the the bird calls and um, the the rocks, the kōrero ka- kōhatu, how the the rocks speak to us. Uh, you can hear all your atua in it, ruae moko, Tafiri so it's a really engaging, um, they're really engaging instruments, tango pōro, they teach you about your atua, uh, uh, they teach you about whakapapa, Teach you about how to build, build these wonderful instruments. Not only are they instruments that are functional and put out beautiful uh, music, but they they look, they look beautiful as well. Each one's got a much much the same as the fakairo on a nui. Right. They've got all corduro. So so with these tangopuoro, they've got corduro in them.
6: So I mean, Elissa is a um, tangopuoro maker and player. You've had a long association with these instruments, but what about for you, Michael? Are you finding that's the case for you? Your knowledge of Tonga or is expanding?
4: Yeah, definitely, definitely. In this association, um, I, I have been working with Tonga Poro and, and Alistair in particular for um, about, oh, about 10 years ago. We did a show together, and um, that's when I, f- I first really got introduced to the sounds. And since then, um, yeah, they're not... I've really been fascinated by the, like Henry says, not just the sounds of them, but also the um, the story behind all the instruments and mm. the fact that that um, that these these guys are making the instruments that they're playing, and um, and have that sort of intimacy with with them and the materials and and the function.
6: So, does a person who initially starts the piece do they set the tone for what you're going to end up playing?
5: um we we do have yeah basic structures for most of our tunes um uh, and so that that mood the initial mood's already kind of been set you know because we we know roughly what instruments we're going to bring in uh, at, at the at what part of the tune, but we also sometimes um, go slightly off on a tangent and and depending how. How we're feeling, or how the tune and the instruments lead us, it, it mm. could actually end up being something quite different. Mm. Yeah,
3: and it's also about um, um, relating to your audience too. You can feel the modi with them, and if they, you know, they're they're looking a bit tentative or something, it's time to pick up the modi. The time to. Excite the senses and that, so we will get out our pukayas and really give it a real blast. And, uh, and or we're looking for a more somber moment, you know, where we'll go into a more more to a ori ori, a lullaby, you know, just to sort of drift off into that space. Or, so, um, so it's all all about storytelling as well, um, yeah, and that, feeling the moment.
4: Yeah, each, each tune we sort of give it a, a, a story as well, so that that that. that Directs us in a lot of ways as well. The feel of the piece.
6: Do you end up disagreeing about things?
4: Not really. Um,
7: no, I don't disagree about it. Al's hairstyles kind of
4: a bit, <laughs> <laughs> a bit funny, but it's like that shirt doesn't got, look yeah, right. Yeah, I got told to. I got told to um, put my flash shirt on the other day. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh. But
6: musically, it's because hmm. um, you know how in some some groups there's a competitiveness that goes on.
5: I think if we had that going on, it would fall over. Yeah,
3: it
5: would. Yeah. yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <see> where,
6: <laughs> suddenly,
5: think, suddenly becoming uh, paranoid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay. I think with Tāunga all good, 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 good lashings of Whakamā goes a long way.
0: Marae rakuraku there, who talked to the trio Tahu. I'm Justine Murray, and this is Te Ahika on Radio New Zealand National. Now there's nothing like it, Māori people getting together to share in their culture, whether it's on the marae during the whakatau, at uhui catching up with whānau, or celebrating Māori arts such as kapahaka. It was action-packed last weekend at the Michael Fowler Centre, where the 46th Regional Kapahaka Competition was held. I met up with Hema Teemara, the Chairperson of Wellington's Māori Cultural Society, to get some background on how it works.
8: The overall kaupapa for this is the 46 years of the Wellington Regionals. started way back in 1962 and so to this day some of those that have been performing from that day to now has gone into taikura and some of them have retired or some have died and passed away and some are still here. So we will see that within the team of Te Ate Kimi here. Yeah. you know, because um, some of them have been in Ngāti Poniki for so long, and so now they've gone into Taikura series. So it's the young that are starting this era now.
0: So, so when we talk about the generations, there's obviously been a filter from the nanny, the, the koro, down to the kids.
8: Yes, there, there has been. Um, as an example, Tūte is that. We started in uh, 1993 and got into the Nationals. So from there, my role within Tūte I've now stepped aside so that my grandchildren are able to perform with their mother, who started from then to now. And so what we've got within Tutemangurua is the um the young ones our our mokos and so now my role now is just being there for them if they want me however new tutors have started to move on with them so with me now i'm now the chairperson for the Wellington Māori Cultural Society and it's taken so long it's a passion of mine to see and perform. And so
0: how do you think this may be a broad question, Kapahaka has evolved?
8: It's changed in a way, so we have to adapt to those. However, still maintaining our tikanga and that is to have the stance that our iwi have and not conform to the changes. (sighs) However the adaptability of say the poi for example has now gone overseas to the Hawaiian Islands or to Rarotonga. You know, coming in with the drums and all that. We we did do that. However, I think the new concept for the young ones today, it's too innovative for me um, and too vigorous within the capabilities that I've got because I'm, I'm traditional.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good point. So, what's your focaccia on? you know, adapting all these modern tunes to today's music to, to te in and, and Kapaka.
8: It's a vehicle for our reo. Um It's the pronunciation of Tiril that is the most important and keeping that alive so that people could understand the messages that are in the way that they're doing or even in the Hakka. To this day, um, take, for example, the um, terrorism.
0: I ki Well,
8: or it's not only to yeah, but that, the terrorism act that they brought in. What's it got to do with us? I mean, it wasn't in those era, you know, the kōtima and all that, yeah. But it was called gorilla Hey. So, to this day, they call it terrorism, but... Um, there's nothing to it. Leave that behind and let's move on. Mm-hmm. And um, coming back to the kapahaka, we've got um, Te
0: Kuhanga up first.
8: Oh, that <laughs> is so awesome to have them. Um, I mean, the kaupapa is what they're after. Mm. And that is to support those kapahaka who have been performing for quite a long time. And that is Ngati Te it's one of the oldest clubs around, you know? And so for them to come in and tautoko and support, ah, oh, that is awesome.
0: Fantastic. And so whoever wins, I should say, today, what does that mean for the Ropu? Is this a prelim to the, to the Matatini? Yes,
8: it is. It is. The, um, the two teams that will go forward. We'll be the representatives for te Whanganui Atara. And that we are proud to say that all of them are winners.
0: Okay, so so Tiruanga Kuangario, how do you think you guys went?
8: Oh well we only just got
9: together for the Klopapa. Yeah, yeah. Uh Kato. So we come down from Kaunguni to join them. Kahangunu. Ka pai. And who wrote who wrote the
0: Wayata and um oh, composition?
9: Mostly Matua Timoti and um and the words the crew is from Kangana.
0: And so what's, the, what's up with the group for the rest of the day? You're going to just hang back? Yeah, chill, chill
9: out, watch out. <laughs>
0: have a rest. Yeah. Kia ora, kia ora.
9: Kia I do not know what we koutou i te wakarongo mai nei ki au. <laughs> kōrero iāke anō koe nei, wakoutu ake anō ki ngā kōrero nei. Ti matāke anō mātou, te rāpea i te no ato wa ite teru wa te mo ite wa to e, e o taka prime ki ki, ki a kipitone e e a irira ken no okaeri chi a ken no e ne v be kara rato kokura poketavu ma ne a be natata da sore de me inai na rite teki ato wa tera pe wa ga no e wakaki nya ken no e ko ru goto wa arumai ma uh, kite eh mata e kite to matira to ropu kapaka eh el kawaia tua i with them no data koina i timatamai i re i reida we i wetaka maori
7: ah
2: ko yuji mara toko no Nāti kahu, te aroa, tuvarito tō ki te aupauri. Oh, oh. Ah, tūwhare tō ki Kaureu, Aroha mai.
0: Um, Pehe o tō whakauroe ki, uh, ki to Ah, oh,
2: Ko tā tino, tino kaupapa, ko te, ko te katakata me te mine mine, oh, me te whakanāhau. Ara te kaupapa o mātaura. Nā reira, ka piki te, ake mātou ki tērā taumata. Ai.
0: Oh, kāpai. And um, me huri tāmu ki tere o Pākehā awara hey? mai. Um, how long has it taken you to, um, to come to this...
2: Oh, um, how long we've been <laughs> yeah, we've been practicing around three months. Oh, come yeah, So we, um, when we heard that uh, the <laughs> Pourniki were struggling to get teams into the comps, we, you know, Nazi Pourniki put a call out, uh, and we formed a second team. So. Fantastic!
0: And um, in terms of the composition and the way that right. uh, who who wrote the songs? Well,
2: most, uh, quite a few of our songs were written by Bill Kedikidik. Oh,
0: uh,
2: And we've had a couple of songs written. Uh, you know, they were last performed in 1934. And uh, we've only wow. got one song that was written by uh, Sheree Ormsby, um, that was our whakawatea. Oh, oh Kapai.
0: And uh, obviously you're proud of the rupu.
2: Oh, most definitely. You know, yeah. our whole kaupapa was yeah. about having fun, and I told our rupu as long as we get off the stage having had fun, we've done our jobs. So.
0: Oh, Kapai. And so what now in terms of um, the future for the rupu?
2: Well, we, we aim on strengthening Ngātipuna care. Um, we all have kids, we're going to be bringing them down there on Monday night. So, uh,
10: oh, you know, it's always okay. open. It's always open for the kids. Ko wai we? no hi akui? Ko to no lights like. Man, yes, you fellas the were mean. Oh, yeah, I've <laughs> um, tried our hardest. We're not there just to do our best. And, um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, we, we feel good that we've done our best. So
0: tell us about the practices and how long it's, it's taken you guys to come to this sort of
10: level. Um, it's taken about seven weeks' practice, Um, Two of those weeks we're just, you know, Mm -hmm. um, here and there kind of practising and it's hard out for probably about five weeks ago. And, yeah, it's been pretty full on. Noho marae. You know, same (laughs) module with Kapaka. Noho marae. Practising till late hours and, yeah. Can you um, tell me about the theme running through your your performance? Uh, um, A lot of our items were based on things um, that have have, have happened in... in, um, uh, through the mutu, uh, especially that um, have been, well, what should I say, personal to us, um, our iwi and i too, were like the raids, not um, based on the raids and um, one of our members passing away. So we've yeah gone out there with a lot of personal um, items that were close to our heart. Yeah. And so who was involved in terms of writing, in composing, and choreography? Oh my gosh. Um, we've had a we've had a few. Um, most of the songs were written by myself and one, Deta uh, Te Davis, and um, we've had a few uh, other people add in their their um, knowledge or what bits they could add on. Um, as far as choreography, there's a little we'll call us a team, team of us that get together on whatever weekdays and, and sort out the moves. And it's all kind of um, yeah, come from a we've got a young group, so it's kind of come from a young. Perspective, but still got got our pākeke behind us to, to guide us to say no, that's wrong or yeah. So yeah, it's been good.
0: So so I mean, fingers crossed if you get into Matatini, um, obviously you're going to be psyched.
10: Yeah, no, we will be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the aim of the day, but at the end of the day, but yeah, we just wanted to go out. We don't have really speaker that we just spoke of going out to do our best, and yeah, if, if that happens, well, yeah, that's good. Kuai
0: ku no here ku.
7: Well, what a
0: fantastic performance. Are you proud?
7: No, oh, it's a fantastic day. Any day when when we can come together as a people and uh, celebrate who we are and our culture, our uh, is a great day.
0: And how long did it take you to get to this sort of um, choreography well, and your set?
7: It's taken us a while, as you might expect. I mean, a thing like kapahaka is a lifelong kind of investment, and that's why you've got clubs like Nati Poniki who have been around since 1937, and groups like Tūte who have been around a while. So we're, the, we're new kids on the block. There, there are a number of us, but it's a lifelong investment.
0: And for people that don't know, what does Ngāuri o Ngātai mean?
7: Ngāuri o ngā tai talks about you know, the fact that, that here we live in... A, in, in a mega mega um, urban environment, and so we come together from um, from uh, several areas, from the different tai, you know, the tai hua uru, the different tides and the different winds, and so Ngauri o ngata is uh, is about uh, talking about the descendants from the various tides and winds, etc.
0: Is there any meaning behind the the red feather in, in the hair in the head, um, or is it just decorative? No, uh,
7: well, I mean. Look, I think, you know, in the in the times of our um, our, our tibuna, you know, they called these things rokawa or kura, and and they had they had special meanings in those days, as they do in these days. But but principally today is about um, putting on your best face, and all that, and all what that means and entails. So, um, if you get into Matatini, where to from there? Well, I mean, it, it will be. Um, it's a long day. You know, um, uh, some of the top groups in in Pornik are yet to perform, um, and and a couple have already performed. So it's in the lap of the gods, or in this case, the judges. Um, and, and I think any group that makes it uh, from today to represent our Rohe, any of the two groups that make it through, um, they know they've got a big job ahead of them, and um, and they've got a you know f- a few weeks to start
11: planning that, and then they'll get into the rhythm of preparing for that. Uh no uh, kai roto i te te riu o, o wayapu ana i Ngāti Pro Oh, kia
0: ora, kia ora. Um, So, So, hia hoa kia whakaro i e pāna ki tēnei whakatei tai Tēnei kaipapa
11: Ai, me, me, me. Mi haro tēnei mai uh, Ka tēnei o ka hoki mai ki te mai te, te tū ki te tūkai korero mō mai uh, Miki e ahua Rusty Girl e ngā mua wo, e nui i nei ana ka tā ingea i a Adrian Rao ko Back when I got a pity, she really. I like a white man put you Oh, nephew, get the Oh, yes, I have to meet you. Oh, yes, get the chin of water. Oh, carp. I got to play the milk pay or more honey. Got to
0: and that was the forty-sixth annual regional Kapahaka last weekend. Congratulations to third place getters, Nati Pōneke Group 1, second place Thonga Maitafetsi, and first place getters, Tsute Mongarua. I'm Justine Murray and this is Thyahika. Now don't forget you can check out the show and podcast information by logging on to radionz.co.nz forward slash World Indigenous Day was held earlier this month. Now Bill Hamilton heads the Ahika Division at the Human Rights Commission and we talked about how far Indigenous people have come. Well, it
1: started in 1994 when there was a bit of pressure on the United Nations to recognise the, um, the plight of Indigenous peoples, their lands being taken, the language, culture, all that stuff being um, lost through colonisation. And um, there was a bit of pressure put on them to to put a bit of focus on on um, on Indigenous people. Um, there was no there was no specific instrument to protect um, Indigenous people. So in many ways, it helped put in place a process that led eventually to the building of the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, which was. Um, passed last year in September, so um, so it's been the forum. It started in 1994 and it's sort of been recognised to do that.
0: So this would be its 14, 14th year? 14th 14th year.
1: Yeah, yeah, 14th year.
0: And because it's the world indigenous, um, what sorts of things are happening, say, to our cousins across the ditch?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, the Just recently, um, one of the big issues they addressed was the whole business of stolen generations of children. And... Um, And uh, I think the first thing that any nation has to do, any state has to do, when you know about issues like that, is firstly acknowledge that it happened, Mm -hmm. and then secondly to apologise for it. Now the previous Australian government had held out on all of that, but the new administration has um, has taken quite a different stance. And um, I think November the 14th or 13th or something towards the end of last year or beginning of this year. Um, the Government said sorry and and it was quite a very emotional, it was a very bridge building occasion for them. Um, there are atrocities that we 're involved in in the Philippines where a lot of indigenous communities um, where um, a lot of indigenous people fake, face extrajudicial killings they 're put on a hit list by governments or or whatever and it 's mainly because they 're activists against the government but they 're activists because their lands are being taken their resources are being taken. And they, you know there's just no justice around there, so people's armies are being formed, and but certainly um, resistance groups are being formed, you know, which they're calling rebels, and you treat resistors quite different from rebels, and, and yeah. in the Philippines in particular, there have been a couple of reports that have said how badly some of those indigenous communities um, have been treated, so we're working with the Human Rights Commission in the Philippines to actually have a look at ways of empowering communities to know their human rights so that they don't have to put up with that stuff too much.
12: Exactly.
0: I mean, it's, it's pretty harsh, or hard, I should say, watching the 6 o'clock news when you see
1: you know, all sorts of terrible things happening overseas. Yeah, and habitats being destroyed from a lot of a lot of people. Um, the same thing that's happening to whales and you know, precious animals is actually happening to a lot of our precious people as well. A lot of, and, and in the main, there are indigenous people who are getting the rough end of it.
9: Mm.
0: Let, let's come back home for a, for a wee while. Um, we, we did talk briefly about... Um, the apology that happened in Australia I mean what does saying sorry actually do I mean, how does that does it at all say to the indigenous people we realise our mistakes I mean what does that
1: mean? I think this whole treaty settlement process is about settling the grievance the nowhere that a lot of our people carry um, I'm just trying to think um, Joey Williams talks about the you know the the trauma that you carry um, with you and I see it in my family. Yeah. Um. The apology business. It's it's actually got quite a range of responses. It, it's part of the formula that the Crown and Tangata Whenua will work through in the Treaty Settlement process. The apology is, is a key part of it. Mm. Um. The and people react differently to it. Ngāi Tahu, for example, have got a big big copy of the apology in their boardroom, and they so they see it every day. Um. We settled our our in Rāru. We settled our. Um, treaty um, grievances in 2003 and they were signed off in 2005 so you know we received our apology then but we've never received it because our people at home don't want to receive it they Mm. they just think nah um, the way for that you know we're still too hurt Um, I know that when um, the 10th trust when the um, the Port Nicholson claim in Wellington around here was received and the apology was given they actually wrote a statement of forgiveness and I think that's probably, you know, and in many ways, um, one of the things that was told to me, it's a it's a Taranaki thing to do. That's the parihaka. Yes. It's the passive resistance stuff to forgive if you're engaging. And I think in many ways it might be because Sir Paul Reeves was part of the negotiating team for the foreshore and seabed, and I think his... Um, you know his um, religious background would also say, well, there comes to a point where you must forgive, otherwise you don't move on, and so those types of things. So there's quite quite a lot of reactions to uh, to those types of things.
0: Well, Apologies. and in your opinion, um, has has the Māori people come far in terms of um, there's a lot of things really: tikanga, language, uh, treaty settlements. How far have we really come?
1: I th- I think things are better than they were, but we always Often, um, you know, people use, because everything's comparative, and people often use comparisons, you know, between us and the Aborigines or us and some sure. other Indigenous people. Well, that's not the comparison that I think we should look for in New Zealand. I think we should always look at, if we're comparing, we should look at how well do Māori do compared with other other New Zealanders. And I think in that, you know, there's still you know gaps, still gaps, still a long way to go. Um, even though the real has been revitalised to a certain extent, it's still not... Um, it's still not valued in this country as it should be. We still have people who, you know, refuse to say simple things like kia ora or accept that you know there are probably eight hundred words in our daily, daily vocab Māori words, but they don't acknowledge them as Māori words. We still have the nonsense about Wanganui, Whanganui, or however that sound, and you know that it's. So I think in a lot of those things we haven't improved. I don't think we've really improved. I think at a local level there's a lot of activity going on where there's a lot of goodwill between tangata whenua and and decision-makers and communities. And we're doing some work that looks at the relationship between the Crown and tangata whenua particularly attached to local authorities, and there's a lot of good work going on there, and you seem to have results. Um, you're always wanting the results, though, to turn into better employment, better health, better education, and a lot of that stuff still has to come. But, you know, we're getting a lot of organisations that are using bicultural practices and that sort of stuff, and that's OK as long as it changes the economic and social you know, position of Māori, because, you know, we don't want our you know, the only change in 15 years' time is that when our people line up in a dole queue or they're the last ones in the line of an education honours programme that the only change, only change is that they can say sorry or hand me my dole money and reo, if that's the only change and we've actually achieved very little. So, um, you mm. know, we need to make sure that that whole thing changes. Um, the treaty promised um, a relationship between our rangatira and the Crown leaders and I think that... That relationship is still to be realised. I don't think it exists at the moment. Um, the treaty belongs to all of us, but that corridor isn't out in the public because you know those people who can shape those views refuse to engage in them in a serious way um and um but things are getting better we're things doing surveys better. that show that there's a greater greater acceptance of the treaty greater knowledge of the treaty um The February activities this year were were really quite um embracing, and it 's not going to be too long before whichever government is in is going to do a bit of a switch, just as they did about climate change. You know, one day they opposed it, and the next day they enjoyed it, and that's because 51% of New Zealanders said it was a key issue. Well, I think the is mm. going to be a key issue, but we need to get 51% of New exactly. Zealanders saying that first Yeah.
0: <laughs> so World Indigenous Day, is it a celebration, or is it just a, a commemoration of well, Indigenous peoples?
1: Well, I think um, the, the United Nations leads the project, and basically um, they've sent out a message which broadly just says that, you know, um, that this has been the past practices, the first thing, and you know those are the ones we've talked about—the alienation of land and all that sort of stuff. And then the second thing is that um, that we have some reasons to celebrate now because there's an instrument called the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples that's there that can be actually used as a standard to measure human rights but also to be used as a document to reconcile Indigenous peoples with, the, with leaders of the state. So that's the second message. And because this year is the year, of, you know, United Nations Year of Language, they've given a bit of a focus on, wow. OK, so what that's... are we doing about the revitalisation of language or just making sure Indigenous people have access to that? So So those are the three layers of message that are coming from them. And um, you know, and they're sort of ones that we, you know, we support the, de- the Human Rights Commission supports the declaration. We realise that there's some difficulties between Murray aspiration and Crown policy at the moment, government policy at the moment, and we're anxious for those two groups to get together and talk about them, because none of those um, issues are. Um, Unresolvable. The other thing is, um, although Australia voted against the declaration last year, this new government is supporting the declaration, and they've sent uh, in Australia is, is supporting the declaration, and they've um, they've sent notices to the tribal leaders there, asking them what are the most important articles in the declaration that they want to have addressed, and so they're taking those things fairly seriously, um, and we need to as well. You know, things like free, prior, and informed consent. Are mm. uh, given; otherwise, you can't exercise rangatiratanga. And if 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 the government doesn't want Maori to exercise rangatiratanga, they need to have that discussion with us. And so there's a bit of a gap between those types of things, where there's opportunity for better dialogue to um, build more harmonious harmonious relations.
0: Definitely. And so, where can how can New Zealanders, the general public, um, think about World Indigenous Day? Well.
1: You know, all these things start at home. Exactly. You know, if you're, if you are indigenous, you know, just have a good look at what that means, and and, you know how you can, you know, what we all need to do to to live as indigenous people. Um, I think those people who aren't indigenous can have a have a good look at the rights they enjoy, and um, and you know recognize those, and then have a look at. You know their Māori neighbours, or mm. the marae up the road, and exactly. see what support and that can happen there. Um, certainly, it's a great time for all the policymakers to have a real, good, really, really good look at at um, their engagement with tangata whenua. Is it just for them to do have occasional pouhere, fakatou, fakawaiti, ake? or is it actually um, an opportunity to engage? You know, around the essence of what being indigenous is.
0: That's Bill Hamilton there from the Human Rights Commission. This week's archival segment, Ngā Taunga was recorded in 1997 when Libby Hakaraya spoke with the late Albie Pryor. Mr Pryor helped launch the Moana Pacific Māori Sports Scholarships. The awards were set up in 1994 to help get more Māori sports people to the top of their game and push them towards heading to the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney.
2: Well, around the country, some hundred young Māori are hard at work, striving to reach their absolute best by the year
13: 2000. Most are at school, and most also juggle part-time work, fitting this around hours of gruelling physical training.
2: Now, these young Māori are elite Athletes who are recipients
13: of the Moana Pacific Māori Sports 2000 Scholarships. Established in 1994, the scholarships aim to encourage young Māori to rise to the challenge, work hard at their sport and earn themselves a place in the New Zealand team competing at the 2000 Olympics. Now to
8: find
2: out more about the programme and the recipients, Libby spoke to renowned the sportsperson
13: Albie Pryor. Well, welcome to Albie Pryor. Albie is the executive officer of the Moana Pacific Māori Sports 2000s Awards. Tanakwe, welcome to whenua. Ah, kia ora. Now, Albie, you've been involved with the MDC, that is the the uh, the sports side of that area, for how many years now?
12: Yeah, that, that programme has been going on for the last seven years, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been very good, very positive. Um, now it's become the icon of Māori sport. Uh, it's where people want to be, at that huge function, to... To show off all our role models, and
13: it gets bigger and bigger. It's been held in November this year again. Yes,
12: November this year at the ASB uh, Stadium, oh. um, here in Auckland. Here in Auckland, mm. yeah. The the big thing about it, we we can't get any bigger because there's no hall big enough. And then one way it's a it's a blessing in disguise. The bigger you are, the more you are getting closer to disaster. Yes, yes. Uh, With these things, so around about the thousand to eleven 1, hundred uh, that we cater for is just adequate for us to to cope with at this stage, but it it makes it a great night. Is
13: it a case of, in that seven years, seeing uh, more Māori making it in the top level of sport and being recognised for that, or is it a case of the same number, but perhaps more uh, coming forward, more seen, more visible?
12: Yeah, that's the key to it, more visible. Uh, Now, before the sports awards, or the Moana Pacific Sport 2000, they were invisible mm. only those that are in particular sports especially the uh, the minor sports and uh, uh new there's new zealand uh uh kids are in there and they're maoris and you know the the surprise surprise of a of a thing when we talk about people oh we didn't know they were maoris and that's the beauty of this and, and and that drives us to make sure that we we get as much publicity as we can and it's not for the sports awards; it's for our young people.
13: Yes, because of course we're talking about the Moana Pacific Māori Sports 2000 Awards, mm. and that 2000 is very important because, I guess, one of the driving philosophies or co paper of, mm. of this program is the Olympics in 2000.
12: Yes, very much so. You know, we uh, and and when people sort of laugh at me when I'm talking about uh, 30 Māoris at the at the next Olympics. And if you have a look at tennis there's four of the, the the federation cup girls uh shelly stevens um gay mcManus and uh Rewa and lena ba- uh leanne baker they come through our programs uh you get the squash girls it it's um if uh, hopefully they can uh, they'll they'll get into the olympics they are they show uh sport this next one up but um in into the um into into the Olympics next year, but uh, there's four Māori tops there, and we got young Stanaway who's gone over now to that's Mark to quali- Stanaway. Mark Stanaway to qualify for the uh, for the uh, Winter Olympics in ice racing. Now that's ice racing. something
13: I never would have thought a Marty would
12: would excel in. <laughs> but he's a boy. Just talking about him briefly, that uh, you know he was here in Auckland, and uh, the ice here wasn't good for him, and. Um, you know, he um, he was going nowhere fast, so we sent him down to Christchurch. He'd been down there for four years. And that was a struggle on its own, to uplift a, a, a boy that never had the, a father to look after him, yes. had a mother. And she had three other kids to look after, but to uplift him and take him down there, there's all sorts of problems. But, you know, we, we worked at it. Now, he is a top New Zealand ice skater. And he's going over to qualify for the Olympics.
13: Amazing, See, it's amazing. Mark at eighteen. Now he's won three of these Moana Pacific uh, Māori mm. Sports 2000 scholarships. As you say, he's won the New Zealand champions for his championships for his age group five times over the years. He's finished 14th in the World Junior Championships in Italy, and uh, now, of course, he's, he's he's over there trying to qualify for the the 1998 Winter Olympics, which will be held in in The Hague. Mm. So here's one example of someone who's not not only doing something quite unusual even for this country, well, definitely for this country, Albie, but as a young... More
12: specifically for Māori. For (laughs) Māori, that's
13: that's quite incredible. But looking down this list, we also have uh, Belinda Moore, who's Mm. the same age as Mark at 18,
12: and she's a a rhythmic gymnast. She's overseas now, uh, competing overseas. And that's the beauty. We 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 get these kids going over and and competing and coming back. Nobody knows. Uh, we try to publicise the whole thing uh, by doing these these programs, uh, but it, it's it's very very pleasing for us uh, to be able to to let out these names and let out their iwi's and and let out their whakapapas. That in itself is very important when we talk about these. Uh, these young people, and uh, they are—they're they're growing fast. You know, Lydia Lipscomb came to us two years, three years ago. The and, uh, mm. and I looked at her, and um, and you know, and I had to look at her fucker papa, and uh, she wanted to be a Maori, and 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 now, she's learning Maori through all, sort of looking back to her iwi connections and her mother. Uh, is really jealous of her daughter because she can't be a Maori, <laughs> yes, uh, which is very important. And, and and Lydia now, at a drop of a hat, she comes up and comes to our our functions up here and and be part of uh, of Maoridom and 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 to be a role model mm. at, at her young age, you know, being Olympian and. Uh, uh, she's getting bigger sponsorship now. We're sort of looking after her, and uh, in the sponsorship, she has got a nice car now. We were to to get her to, of course, that's swimming. There's there's no social life whatsoever. It's you know, five in the
13: morning all the way through, past isn't it? It's four in the morning and <laughs> yeah.
12: two and a half hours there, and then uh, and then at night, and then you got your meets, and you got overseas trips, and you got to pick the right one to, to to uh, to peak at different times, and uh, and oh what what. But they love it, and, 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 of course, when they're in the top um, echelon of sports, uh, they're carrying the, the Māori mana and New Zealand mana as well.
13: Mm. What was perhaps some of the common elements of these uh, young, young Māori athletes? What were some of the problems they were facing, the common problems Well, the
12: common problem, as is always, is, um, is uh, finance. They come to us through finance, but we've helped them more... In, in in uh helping them with goal setting, helping them with their travel, telling them where things are for them to to make it easier, like you know, and helping them applications for for uh, sponsorship uh, from their iwis and 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 things like that, and generally. Uh, we, we, I get a phone call or they drop into my office and they sit there and talk for hours about, you know, what they've been doing and away they go. And they feel marvellous.
13: comfortable doing that with
12: they them. They like do, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's part of the theme in our office. Get up there, have a glass of water or a cup of coffee and let it all hang out. Mm. And Married, them. If, you, if they can blow it all out, then you can <laughs> pick the bits and pieces out of it, straighten it all out and let them go again. And they're away for a month or so and then back they come again. And, and we love that. Yeah. Uh, that's part of our culture. Um, our office culture is to so anyone wants to come and sit down have a talk, moan, groan abuse me or anybody else, let it all hang out mm. and guess, once we've done that yes. then we can get to the core of the matter
13: Right, I guess uh, what you're seeing also Albie is that this is a new generation of, of, of Maori mm. who perhaps um, haven't had to deal with that, that uh, say inability to cope with the the agenda or the, the academic um, a set out of a school curriculum in other mm. words they excel at sports perhaps they're not that good at the academic side but in terms of being able to perform now they're able to they have the support, they don't have to be mm. you know, at school to do the academic stuff. They can be there for the
12: well. It's the quite sports. surprising, you know, Academically, we're 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 pretty good. Our kids. It's surprising, really, because you know everybody dive into their sport and forget one thing or the other. Well, uh,
13: I thought with all the training, you wouldn't really get yeah, that much of it. Yeah, but, uh, a but Lydia,
12: is, you know, she's mm. come through the seventh form now, and she's uh, now she's going to concentrate on swimming. She's she's going to. Take a, a a couple of papers and and, and, and whatever degree she's talking about. I, I forgot what she was talking about, but she's going to take just enough to keep her in touch with with curriculums and and school and things like that and universities. And going to concentrate this year. But they're all coming through. Leanne Bacon. Them. They're they academically they're well. Uh, River Hudson. Academically they're good. That's great. Mark. Well, you know, he's average. But um, most of them uh, are, are very, very good uh, and surprising uh, to me uh, because when you're good at sports, we're just one line for sport. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. You, yeah, the focus yeah, well, is primarily on that. That'll be my age mm. group, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thought that way and, and, and blow school. We're going to carry on yes. with this. Uh, uh, but uh, they're getting a balance and we talk balance uh, and we talk uh, employment. Uh, to them, and 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 see where they want to go, and and see if we can help them. And that's a that's all these kids need is somebody to talk to. They can do the rest. They they're not, uh, you know. There's a misconception that Māoris are shy. Well, this breed is not shy, hmm. uh, but they don't know where to go. And when they don't know where they go, and they've got no one to ask, then they've got a bit of a problem. But once they know, and 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 know the uh, the the road in. Uh, as to say, uh, no problem, mm. uh, and and we love them all. You know, we we, we got over a hundred. We're working with over a hundred kids. We uh, in in that program, and uh, we got the Tormu Tormody program from Hillary Commission. So we work with these hundred kids, and we keep in touch with them.
0: That was Nathong, a call it or recorded in nineteen ninety seven with Libby Hakaraya and the late Albie Pryor. Itaiwi e we taimai nei ki te mutunga o tiahika ko te ata fakarunga mai e kaitaki kinga rua oroto engari imuaitera anaira a hima me ona faka mara o toma te fakatuki
8: ka te One should not be sitting idly while opportunities are waiting. So we shouldn't do that. We should be looking at the opportunities because kapahaka is a product to be sold.
0: Ki ngā kāi kōrero, koutou ko ngā hire mihini, he mihi tēnei kia koito katoa. Hei tērā wiki ko Justin Maria ahau, Modi Ora.